stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. Are you hearing me okay? Good. We're dealing with uh, the book of John in the in the and the whole trust of the teaching this week has been how to identify the prophetic. Here's something else that I said. That the prophetic runs history, not history runs the prophetic. Meaning that God says and history confirms. Now that in the sense of a large perspective, but in terms of personal ministry, in terms of uh, dealing with others, the, the Holy Spirit of God dwindles down to very, very personal communication between you and somebody else. And when the prophetic of God begins to speak to you for the benefit of others, it's a, a, an amazing exchange, an amazing, uh, wonderful thing that happens because... God uh, speaks personally to each of us. We believe that all of us hear God. But we don't believe that God can speak to someone else and say to you something. That exchange of God to you to others is prophesying. That is what Paul mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 when he says prophecy, tongues, and interpretation... The, the prophets down there had nothing to do with the prophet. It had to do with, with 1 Corinthians 14, 3 is the verse that explains the, the word prophesying, edifying, building, comforting, creating. So when you moved to the life of somebody else in ministry to others in the vein of prophesying, you are acknowledging the Holy Spirit. In any ministry that acknowledges the Holy Spirit, 
is victorious. In other words, we want to make an impression on somebody else. So remove yourself and all your theological and your psychological and hear God. That's better than any university. Speaking to others, led of the Holy Spirit, is only possible through the word prophesying, edifying, building, comforting, ministry. Well, look, I had a teacher at seminary at Emory University, a wonderful teacher. Really blessed my life. I, I, I spent three years in that university and I was blessed by it. I mean, it, it, was, it was amazing. Everybody's so kind and helpful to me and my family. But I knew that there was something about this man that was just something special. There was another one that was very intellectual, and I couldn't communicate with him. You know, I was bilingual out of college, you know, with 80% control of the English language and 20% and of Portuguese. <laughs> you know, I couldn't, you know, I just needed a little care there, you know, a little bit of a, a, a common sense and, and understanding. And, and when, that, when that man spoke, it spoke right into my heart, right into my heart. What does that mean? He was under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So, here's the passage for today. John chapter 4, verses 46 to 54. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water into wine. You, we've been there. And there was a certain nobleman, royal, mm, whose son was sick at Capernaum. So, he is at Cana of Galilee, and the royal is at Capernaum, at 24 miles. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him, and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at a point of death. In other words, come from Capernaum to Galilee and, and, and find the man in Cana of Galilee, find the house of the nobleman, and there's a boy there's about to die. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. That is actually a prophetic statement. He's speaking into the mind of the nobleman, saying, Your brain is a very complex brain. Your brain has all kinds of stops on it, and you are very much educated, and therefore, uh, unless you see, you can't believe. It's not putting him down. It's not belittling the man, but it's also telling him the truth. Then said Jesus unto him, the noble man said, uh, I'm sorry, verse 49. The old man said unto him, so verse 48 again. Then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Remember now, he's dealing with the signs and wonders. Signs is, 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 is something like the leper being totally healed as he went into the, into the, the priest. As he went, he was healed. That's a sign. A wonder is the, the blind man, Bartimaeus, who didn't have eyeballs. 
and uh, uh, and John created it. Now the boy who was uh, blind from birth, remember? I don't know what that is. That's got to be John five, John chapter nine. And, and that that man was born without his blood, and God created eyeballs. That's a wonder. Now you might say, Rick, that's not it. Okay, I agree, no problem. If you don't, if you think I'm wrong, it's fine with me. <laughs> you won't, I won't be offended, okay? You know why? It's because if God don't help me, I never do this. So, a wonder and a sign. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down, or my child will die. Please, sir. Please, come down. I mean, he is begging. And Jesus saw the softness in his spirit. Ah, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing when there's a softness, a tenderness in somebody's spirit. Uh, I, I see that a lot. You know, I went to Suiz de Fora. And Suiz de Fora, judge of outside, north of Rio de Janeiro, three and a half hours by, by bus. We rented a bus and head on that way. There were about a thousand people every service, four services. But my goodness gracious, one of those services, a man came to me and said, held my hand and said, okay, okay. That's all he said. And I knew that tears began to roll over his face. And he has been resisting the power of salvation and knelt before the Lord right there and and I told him to repeat after me the sinner's prayer, and he received Christ. Now, that's a tremendous opportunity. Jesus saw the softness, the tenderness in this man's heart. And said to him, <laughs> verse 50, Go your way. Your son lives. Now, I have to stop now and get to my notes here because... If I don't do it, I'll run out of time. Amen? A lot of instructions today, okay? A lot of things that I have to say to you. As a matter of fact, today is a time when, uh, 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 let's see, uh, I'm opening the door to teach, uh, one, two, three, four, five, to teach all next week. And I'll get there in a minute. So, the prophetic begins with a statement of direction, action, direction. Go your way is the first part of the statement of direction. Go your way. In other words, John 5, 8, pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. Tell it, the ten lepers a distance away. Go and show yourself to the priest. Go. If you read my book, Prayer with Accuracy, this will become very clear in the miracles of Jesus. And by the way, you can, you can sort of study the miracles of Jesus if you have an NIV Bible. Just before the Gospel of John, the study Bible of NIV, there's a page. And there are 22 miracles that deals with the mind and body. And they divide nine miracles with the, the, the nature 
And then three with the resurrection of the dead, which makes 34. There are many, 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 many miracles. But the NIV looks at those 34. Uh, is that 22 plus 9 plus, plus 3? And plus 9? 34. So that, I was right. 34. Amen? So 34. Okay? So the NIV presents that idea. And I studied that a lot because it, it caught my attention. So the prophetic begins with a direction. Number two. The prophetic begins also with a statement of need. Then after direction, it has a need. Your son lives. Go your way. Go show yourself to the priest. Direction. And then, and then your son lives. Young men, I say to you, the widow of Naim, her son at the funeral. Woman, I say to you, Lazarus, come forth. So, this is also true in the Old Testament. For instance, Elisha, Elisha in the sons of the prophets, uh, Elisha is just having a good time with all the prophets. He's just sitting down there with his long hair and his large robe. And, uh, well, let's feed the prophets. You know, you, know, you find a preacher, he is trying to feed the other preachers. And so they went out there and found all kinds of, do a, do a, let's do a stew. Now, stew is meat and vegetables. Would you say that? Brought. So they went and found a wild type of vine and gourds. And they got a lot of it and put on the pot and mixed and continued to mix. When the prophet began to eat, <laughs> one of them said, There's death on the pot! There's death on the pot! Now, that happens when I cook. You've know, you, you got to be very careful. If you, if, you, if you eat my food, you have to have, have a personal prayer. <laughs> I'm a terrible cook. I love to simply just a microwave type of thing or a grill type of thing. But to mix things, mm, I don't do too good. Uh, this morning I, I picked up two type of cereals in a little pouch of what I had down there. And I mixed it and it made me sick. I, I should never be in the kitchen. Okay? I should never be in the It's a place that I'm not really should be alone. So, death on the pot, death on the pot. And here's what Elisha said. Get some flour. Get some flour. Direction. He's, he mixed it and everybody ate. It was wonderful. Okay. So I command servants of the people. Direction. And then action. I told, I told you direction. And the, the second thing is a statement of need. Eat. It says here, serve it to the people to eat. So, we're dealing with a, the son of a noble man. His house is in uh, Capernaum. He represented the government in that area. He came to Jesus and pleaded for his son. Jesus discerned in him a spirit of unbelief and said to him, Unless people see signs and wonders, they will not believe. I already, I already said that. So Jesus pronounced 
two words. Go your way, your son lives. Let's take a look at these two moves one more time. The royal man, when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea to Galilee, he went after him. Notice movement. The prophetic overall generally involves a lot of movement. You know, in our church, I'm a, I'm a traditional Methodist. I'm not the United Methodist anymore. I'm traditional. That's the, the division that the river took to the right. So I am a traditional Methodist. But I think I'm just, just I won't be called a traditional Methodist. Just, a, just the, 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 the Methodist church. But there's already a Methodist church everywhere, so I don't know where, what they're going to call my church next. It could be the, uh, the, uh, the Holy Spirit Methodist. <laughs> that would be good. The Holy Spirit of the Methodist Church. Okay, good. Okay, now. Notice, for instance, the movement of Philip. Uh, he was instructed to go, to go to Gaza. And as he went, he stopped over there. A man passed by, was a treasurer uh, of the Ethiopian people and government, and, uh, and he introduced him to Christ. He baptized him. And so, the movement is essential. It happens everywhere. It happens in a way that is almost uh, hard, to, hard to understand. Why so many movements? So the best exercise in this manner of ministry is to begin to look at phases of movements how it happens, the environment of this, this exchange, uh, how, how does it grow in you, and how it develops. And so, I have one, two, and three, and four, and five, and six, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six. I have six ideas that I want to pass on to you today. But before that, let's finish the scripture. We're at verse... Uh, and the men believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, your son lived, and he went away his way. Meaning that the noble man believed. At that particular moment when Jesus said, your son lives, he believed. Faith rose in him. Hope. Hope that that little boy would not die. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, your son lives. Now, that must have been, uh, 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 you know, bread upon steak. You know, have you ever, have you had a piece of steak? Add a piece of bread to it. That's why when you go out and eat a steak, they always have bread. And they warm up the bread. So a piece of steak with a piece of a nice wheat, piece of bread, warm piece of bread and butter, it will just make your stomach sing hallelujah. It's just amazing how wonderful it is. So he had hope, and then he hears exactly what Jesus said to him. That someone from his house said, your son lives. Now, the next thing that happens is uh, very revealing about his character, his personality, because as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, your son lives. 
Then inquired he. I, I'm reading the King James, you know, for, for, for Brazilian-born men like me uh, <laughs> to read the King James is an exercise uh, very, very, very difficult. Amen? Uh, uh, I want to say hello to those of the Bible study in Atlanta. Don't you fear? Don't you weary? Don't you bother? All of this will pass. And we'll get back to Atlanta. We're not leaving you. We're not, we're not leaving. We're going to go back to Atlanta. And our Thursday Bible study will continue, says the Lord. Now, as he inquired, then inquired he. So, what he means is that he asked of them the hour when he begun to amend. Man, that's a lot of English. Why didn't, why didn't, why didn't the NIV... When did the boy get well? That's what he said. When did the boy get well? Why did this man begin to deal with that in this way? It's because, see, life came upon him. Faith came upon him. And when faith comes upon someone, you get hungry. You know, there was a man in Athens called Charles Bowler, retired district superintendent. And he prayed for me. His prayer on me caused me to study a hundred tapes that he had. You know, the cassette tapes, the white ones, like an hour in it. And I read, I studied those tapes, all the hundred tapes in the following two months, all day long. I would put it real loud and walked in my basement at 152 Spalding Court, and I'm listening. So the sign that occurs when Jesus touches you and the Holy Spirit becomes the convicting power of God. You got hungry. In our Bible study, there's a lot of hungry people. And it's not that I am the best teacher there is. On the contrary, I'm, I'm perhaps the last one. You, you, you want. <laughs> I'm not too good. It just sometimes things come out the wrong way, you know. And you have to sort of correct me. But, I have the Holy Spirit in me. And because I have the Holy Spirit in me, God uses it. Amen? He said unto him, yesterday, at the seventh hour, Roman time would be 7 p.m. Yesterday, he got well yesterday. Now, 25 miles is a day's walk. You know, the, the, well, the, 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 the royal man perhaps had a, a horse or perhaps had a, uh, 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 a camel or a carriage or something. But it, it, it had to be walked. There's no car, no transportation. So, The royal man recognizes that when Jesus prayed for the man, it was exactly the same hour that the boy got healed, meaning that the prophetic in Jesus is immediate. We find out later, but it's immediate. When the Holy Spirit comes and reveals something to your life, it's immediate. When Jesus said to the woman of the well, 
You have five husbands. The one you have now is not your husband. Is immediate. At that very moment, the Holy Spirit begins to work inside of that person. It's not something you put on your head. It's not something that you uh, 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 have to have to understand. Uh, go vote. Take a vote on it. It's done. 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 At the moment it happens, it's done. You see, that's faith. You have to believe this way. You have to believe that when Jesus says something to you, it begins to work in you. It changes. It heals. It delivers. That's the power of the prophetic voice of God. You know, the other way would be, well, uh, he's still sick, you know, and uh, he has a lot of fever, and uh, it'll take a while before things will... In the name of Jesus, I come against coronavirus, and I say to you, stop it now. At this very moment, you have no authority, no power over America. You have no power or authority over President Trump and, and his cabinet. You have no power and authority over the people of God. You have no power on anybody on the Bible study in Atlanta, in Jesus' name. And I say now. I'm not talking about six months from now. Now. This must have been an unbelievable experience in the life of this royal man. He actually saw something. Somebody here sent me an email about right now. Uh, I want you to know I got your email. Thank you very much. Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew it was at the same hour in which Jesus had said unto him, Your son lives. Now, nobody particularly cared about that little detail, but, but the royal man did. Yes, yes. It happened then. Oh, God. It happened then. Oh, my Lord. You know, I, I like to watch cowboy movies. And yesterday I watched a, uh, 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 a little 30-minute story. I don't know. I think it was uh, uh, Cheyenne. Bodie. Cheyenne Bodie is my hero. And there's a woman with about 50 cows and, and a bad man who wants to, to, to get the, the loan from her and take, her, take the land from her and the cattle. And she's expecting a baby. And God began to do miracles all the way uh, to where they're supposed to go to sell the cattle. Uh, uh, the, other, the bad men came in and they tried to uh, spook the herd spook the herd it wouldn't spook they shot their guns and the herd just no cow moved amen they threw a rock in there and of course uh, 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 they were moving her husband that was ill uh, she's expecting the husband is sick and he's trying to move the husband uh, under the rocks and as when they got there the rocks began to fall all over the place and they were spared God spared them to go and sell and pay the bank in a marvelous way. Now, that's the way God is. In other words, He, he, he deals with your, your need immediately at that same hour. Verse 54, this again, the second miracle that Jesus did when He was to come out of Judea into Galilee. Many miracles, but this was the second miracle. So let's talk about, for just a moment, I have four minutes, and I want to, uh, uh, to say six statements 
or how to understand the prophetic. And I'll be dealing with it every every opportunity that I have this month, this week. The first one, the prophetic begins by itself. You don't initiate it. God initiates it. It's not something that you do. It's something that God does. How do you know you're, you're in that zone? It's when you see need. Need propels God to move. So every time there's a need and you pray over it and you speak, God begins to be more, more, more powerful in your life. Number one. Now deal with that. Number two. The prophetic needs to be applied to direction and need. Never becomes a personal thing that you want to do for somebody else or to influence their lives or to make you look good. It happens. You do literally nothing. God does everything. <coughs> but it has to be applied to direction and action in purpose. Number three. The prophetic is based on Scripture. The nature of the Holy Spirit is to heal. It has to be scripturally based. You know, I've been giving you examples of Bible verses this whole week. Uh, so you could sort of, you know, work with it and, and read it and study it. But it's biblical. So what do you, how do you grow in this area? You read looking for the prophetic. Because the scripture is full of it. When you study the scriptures looking to what God will do, your faith increases. Not when God, what God has done. It's a way of, of, of studying it. It's a mindset thing. You don't, you, don't, uh, you don't read scriptures thinking what God has done. You, you read scriptures to looking for what God will do. That changes your uh, direction. That's three. Number four. The prophetic follows a path of action. If you study the, my book, The Prayer with Accuracy, and read that book thoroughly, you get this idea. It deals with timing. The path of action is directly related to timing. Sometimes you want something, but it's not the right time. And you have to know when is God's timing. And as you begin to understand that, you know, I really believe that I was reading the, the, the resurrection of Lazarus. It couldn't be more timely. Because the triumphal entrance was what follows next. Did the resurrection of Lazarus have anything to do with the triumphal entrance? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It, it, it energized the base. He came out of Jericho to, to, uh, to Bethany, Bethania, on the other side of the, of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, the mountain uh, of olive, olive, olives, right? The olive? Uh-uh. Huh? No, the mountain is called Mount of Olives. It, on the other side of the Mount of Olives, there is a little village called Bethany. I bet there's two of them with equal names, identical names. But Jesus came at the exact moment to see Lazarus come forth. And that energized the base. 
People became excited. The word got all over Jerusalem. And then he comes into the triumphal entrance in the cleansing of the temple. So it involves timing. And you have to know the timing of God and read looking for the timing of God. For instance, when I read Acts chapter 1, it's all about time. There's a clock running underneath of the history itself. You know, it's a, there's a clock that is just ticking right, uh, 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 right in front of your eyes. Uh, the former treaty I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus begun both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commands unto the apostles whom he spoke, to whom he showed himself. It's all, it's all dealing with timing, dealing with events. When you look to chapter 1, and you deal with the timing of what God will do, uh, it changes the way you, you study. Uh, that's D. E, or number 5, the prophetic runs the historical, and not the historical runs the prophetic. In other words, God spoke, history complies. Instead of history happens, and then we look the prophetic in. No, sir, no, sir. In other words, in other words the prophetic runs history. God spoke, history complies. History affirms. Okay? And that's a very, very important point. I don't have time now. And then the last one. Knowing how the gifts of the Holy Spirit operates makes you to have a healthy prophetic ministry. Unless you know how the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, Faith, work, and mere gifts of healing, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation operates will help you not to get ahead of God. Lord blesses you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time.